Welcome to the Digiday Podcast. I'm Brian Marcy. We're in week seven, day four. And today, I'm very happy to be joined by Guru Gaurapan. Uh, Guru is the CEO of Verizon Media. It's home um, to Yahoo, AOL, TechCrunch, uh, Yahoo Finance, lots of other, HuffPo, a lot of, lot of assets in there. Uh, Guru, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you so much, Brian, for having me. I'm excited to be here. Okay. Uh, I Hopefully, it's not just because you're isolated, but, um, you know, where are you isolating? I'm in New York, in West Village. Oh, good. You know? Nice. Okay, so you came to Verizon Media from Alibaba. I want to start there. Yes, I did. I mean, it's been now almost two years. I came from Alibaba. I was uh, more based in Hong Kong, Hangzhou, uh, and helping grow a lot of uh, Asia businesses outside of China and also the U.S. business. So it's been it's been two years. But, you know, Alibaba being in China going through that experience of building commerce businesses, payment businesses, media businesses, you know, think about how massive connected ecosystem. Uh, there was a fun, call it almost four years of journey, and then mm-hmm. transition to Verizon, which is completely different culturally, but also from the assets that we have and what we're trying to build. But what did you take away then from from what's going on? Because I mean, it's interesting. I mean, your career—I went through your bio, and 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 it's it's a truly global career, and there's a lot of different um, aspects to it. But what did you specifically take in in seeing how the China internet, quote unquote, is is developing? That you take to how you see Verizon Media developing? Sure. I think the number one thing is the consumer behavior. I mean, if you think about China. You know, I always say they're probably between, you know, many years ahead in terms of use cases. When you think about mobile use cases, consumer, think about payments and commerce and all of this penetration, that intensity of learning, how consumers move fast and how companies innovate to keep up with that or are saying 10 steps ahead. I think that's a big, big part of it. The second part is culture, uh, which feeds into how teams operate towards a mission or how aggressively you get to it. I mean, think about it today, right? Alibaba is doing, uh, uh, I think, north of a trillion dollars of GMV uh, on commerce today. I mean, GMV. Can you can you just define for? It, it's a gross merchandise value. This is you know when you think in the commerce business, it's the total value of the goods that you buy. So a trillion dollars in gross merchandise value. That's massive. Think back to two thousand five when Yahoo invested in Alibaba. Alibaba was doing roughly $2 billion of uh, GMV. Think about the 15-year roughly trajectory to getting to a trillion dollars or something, right, while reaching, call it, close to a billion users. Uh, that scale uh, and the culture that's needed to accelerate. So, you know, we, we used to always joke in, in that part of the market saying when you have 10 million users, 10 million is equal to zero. Uh, in many ways, yeah, right. It it, it really it's like a count. suburb, it, right? It, yes, it's like a suburb. Uh, so that's the I would say those are the big things. One about the consumer behavior and how fast that scaled, and a lot of innovation has come from there. Actually, you see companies in the U.S. now taking on a lot of that, right? When we talk about super apps, we talk about actually in an interesting way. Think about COVID nineteen. A lot of the use cases. You think about payments and digitization happening, and the acceleration in commerce that's happening is because. It's a lot of those things have happened in a lot of these markets already. So in many ways, when you think about China coping up faster, there's also consumers being online in a much more deeper way, much sooner than when you think yeah. about what's happening here. But it seems from the outside also, you know, look, the 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 China internet, again, quotes, uh, sort of developed after 
um, you know, the Western and, and ads played such a big role in the development of the commercial internet, um, as it developed in the United States. Um, it seems to me like in China, like ads, um, again, of the sort of display ad variety, it's, it's more about transaction because I mean, Alibaba grew in like a mobile era, right? It did. It pretty much grew in the mobile year. Uh, two things that happened, right? Mobile, you know, these emerging markets, if you think, they always, um, what do you call, miss a generation of PC. I mean, you think yeah. about US market, it's a very linear market. You went every device generation in a way. Uh, if you think about, let that be, you know, mainly hardware device, right? Phone and laptops and iPad and all of this thing. You went through a very linear generation in the US. You look at markets, even India as an example, and China, they all skipped a generation of that because mobile was the core. That's why even products being built, the first thing you focus on is mobile. Now, you think about display, it's a great point you bring up. Ads was always the core in terms of monetization. But if you look at China as an economy, everybody built their own wall garden, right? You can't find Alibaba results in Baidu because they can't crawl Alibaba and get search. And Alibaba doesn't depend on getting traffic from other third party, but they've created their own media assets. They have their own YouTube. Uh, you have their own chat engine, your commerce assets, your cloud. It's one connected massive ecosystem serving the entire, you know, massive user base. So what happens is now when you put an ad unit, you let that be anything. It's a very transactional, almost a dynamic product ad unit that we do today, but it removes the friction. You don't click through and go again and sign up again and go through all of that. It's not a classic display ad, but much more native experience in many ways. But also, mm -hmm. it removes the friction because you are in a closed ecosystem, in a wall garden. But you can get close to the transaction too. That's right. Right? Exactly. So I want to go back to you know one, uh, something that, that stood out to me, um, having done this for a little while, in your, in your bio was that earlier in your career you were at Overture. Yeah. Um, and I like to bring up Overture for those who do not uh, know or, or remember Overture. Overture actually pioneered paid search. Um, Google just perfected it. Um, they did come up with a little bit of a better twist there. Um, but um, explain how that at, at all has sort of you know affected you because Overture really did, and originally it was GoTo.com. You know, it pulled off alchemy. Like it took. Um, what were at the time the least valuable pages on the internet, which were search result pages, which just had run of site uh, banner ads, and turned them into the most valuable pages on the internet. Yeah, because the, they got close to the transaction, they answered right. they answered questions. Yes, and it's direct response, right, at the basic basic yeah. level when you think about it. No, look, I, I at the outset I would say Overture was one of my proudest part of my career and what built me who I am today, being part of that pioneering team in a way. And, and at that time, they were just in the process of acquisition from Yahoo, being going to be soon called Yahoo Search Marketing. It, it ended up Overture became YSM. And yeah. it was amazing, that journey, because the, the beauty of that is removing friction. Think about this is early 2000s, and you're already talking about removing friction and getting as close. And in an interesting way, the market went from removing that friction to almost adding a lot of friction, if you think about the later part of 2000s. And then now we are coming back in a way mm -hmm. when commerce... Wait, wait, can you... I'm sorry, Guru. Can you explain sure. the adding friction? Is that the Web 2.0 era? Like, what, what, when did the friction get at, I think I think in? the Web 2.0 web 2 era, right? The friction got added because you start thinking about display ads. You start thinking about native ads as well, today's world, right? Those things, in a way, 
inherently became more like, you know, we started talking about contextual ads. Uh, do I do more targeted ads? A lot of this became, I'm taking a guesswork in terms of giving you a result. But at the same time, when I click through it, part of it is you don't really know what you're, what somebody's looking for. So when you click through some of that, you're adding a lot of friction because most times there's so much dropout, right? Because you really didn't expect that ad unit in a way or you're not looking for it. So in the two dollar world, few things happened, right? A lot more content got created, a lot more options got created in terms of users doing it, and a lot more, call it walled gardens in their own way, right? If you think about, I would even go to 3.0 world, if you think about the way the new apps are created, take Uber or Caviar and all of those things, they've all created their own, in the app world, it's all its own wall garden, right? You can't get into the transaction. Today, I can go and search for something, I can see the 10 blue links, and then I can see the sponsor ads, but then... When I click through it in the web world, in one dollar world, at least I can, I'm clicking through it directly to what I'm looking for. In the app world, that became more friction, right? Either you are going to go and download an app or go through 10 steps, even within that, hey, create a login. Now, sometimes you can use Google or Facebook or even Yahoo in terms of authentication to get through it, but the friction has been added more. As you got more services that went online and mobile, but the friction has only increased. That's what I was trying to say there. So explain a little bit like when you, I mean, you had been at Yahoo, so you came back to, to Verizon, Yahoo in a way with Verizon Media. Explain what you saw there that, that you thought that the assets that Verizon Media have that I think a lot of people would politely call legacy assets sure. can be relevant in, in this world that you're describing where we're going to. Yeah, look, I, you know, the reason I came back was that passion for the entire ecosystem, mainly Yahoo. I mean, today we touch roughly 900 million users on a monthly basis, right? You're still the, in the top three bucket of internet products that's out there. And, you know, that's where I always question. I think in the, uh, in the coastal world, you take East Coast or West Coast, take Bay Area, you always question the relevancy a lot. But then our users are all over the world. Right. And there is a lot of relevance. You think about Yahoo Sports, Yahoo Finance. Some of these products are number one in their category. Right. Today, you know, on the sports category, I mean, we have one of the highest NPS product. Talk about Yahoo Fantasy Sports. Right. That's literally the number one fantasy app that you have. So there is a little bit of a nuance saying when people listen to Yahoo, there is sometimes I've heard the same thing is like, oh, it's a legacy. But then when you start peeling the onion, you start looking at Yahoo Sports, Yahoo Finance, Yahoo News today is number one in its category. So a lot of for me to come back to Verizon Media in a way, the passion for me, for the consumers, a lot of that from my own personal view of, I love having impact at a massive scale. And there is no platform like, you know, I think there are bigger platforms, but I, when you look at Verizon Media, it brings a very good set of ecosystem of content that comes in together, touching people at a massive scale. Now, the reality is the product, some of the products didn't evolve in the past, right? We were still stuck in the one daughter world, if you will. I think taking them to the next level is what, you know, I got excited about. Hey, we can come in and turn it on when you think about the O&O side, which is we call owned and operated, all mm -hmm. of Verizon Media core assets. And can we start growing it and also monetize differently? Right now, I've started bringing in, it's three different things, ads, commerce and transactions, and also subscriptions. So that's yeah. one of the visions that I've laid out in terms of where it needs to go. So I want to talk about all three of those yeah. things, but first let's talk about the assets because there's a lot of ad tech assets too. Yeah. I mean, like I think one time we did art of like a, a an oath 
um, RIP Oath, yes. uh, Blender with all of the ad tech assets um, that like, and then, you know, a bunch of ad tech Twitter said, oh, you missed this one and this <laughs> one. Um, the Blender could only be so big. But let's talk about what the core assets are, because um, as you said, some of, of, you know, Yahoo Finance is, um, to me, it's, it's probably a marquee asset, yeah. but not every every part of Yahoo is number one or two or frankly sure. three in their category. So give me the top five assets that you see. I would say, look, I, I would say, uh, I would start with the ad since we talked about it, I think our DSP business, uh, when you think about what we've done now, it came out of seven different assets that between AOL and Yahoo that are acquired. Now that's been done. It's one DSP. We are leading. I mean, we are competing, at least in the independent world. When you think about Trade Desk and us, uh, you put some up there and I would put that in the top five bucket of what we've been focused on. And it's been growing pretty aggressively as well. Okay, so you can go toe-to-toe with with Trade Desk on the DSP. Yes, yes. So that's one I would call out there. Now, in terms of the consumer side, I would put... Uh, let me give you the broad scape and then I'll get to the top five because we have TechCrunch, HuffPost, uh, you have Yahoo assets and the AOL assets, right? That's your broad. And then you have Engadget, a few of the tinier ones. When you put the top five in terms of where we are investing and growing, Mail is one of the biggest ones. We are, you know, if you think about Mail, a Mail is not uh, one big clarification, which is we have changed our go-to-market. It's not about having a Yahoo Mail or AOL Mail ID. It's actually a client. So you can be Google, you can have any other email ID, you can use the client. The key is our client or our app, if you think about our mail app today, it's rated way better than the Gmail app. You know, we are rated 4.6, 4.7 on App Store with like three to four million reviews versus Gmail app, which is rated below that. And same with the in the iOS store as well. So we see our app where we have really bought in commerce, which we can talk about in a bit, mm-hmm. and content and messaging all together, but really focused on commercial side of it. That's what mail. And then I would put Yahoo Finance, Yahoo Sports in the in the in the top bucket. And then news. I think news for us, if you think about news, we are we are less about creating our content, but we syndicate a lot of we are one of the first aggregators of content. Uh, in terms of creating, you know, what we create on news, right? We only create maybe less than 10% of content is done by us. The rest is your New York Times and to Fox, all of that comes in. We are curating a lot of that. I would put news in there as well, which is actually done well. If you think about last six weeks, the engagement growth that we've seen, at least on our content ecosystem. And then the last one that I would throw it out there is TechCrunch. I mean, TechCrunch, again, is has been a very strong property in terms of, what it's done to a very niche community, but that's something we see as a marquee, like it's a leader in its, in its own way in terms of what content it brings in, at least at the okay. content level. Okay, so let's talk about the monetization side. Obviously, yeah. um, you know, we've we've gone now 12 minutes without talking about coronavirus, um, which is, is a record for this podcast, but um, that was intentional. Um, this is obviously amid these challenging times and whatnot. Um, the ad market's getting crushed, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so... I always think of of the the formerly kn- known as Oath Assets as as it was an ads business for the most part. Yeah. Um, explain the transition and whether is this going to accelerate the transition of the the sort of monetization portfolio from being heavily in ads and and shifting more towards commerce and even subs. I think it does. Uh, in a, at a very strategic level, it does. And in, in a very good way, I look back to 18 months back when I laid out the strategy saying we want to be in ad subscription and transactions. And we already started doing the work, right? That's why when I talk about even our owned and operated products, so we've launched a lot of premium products in Yahoo Finance Premium, 
TechCrunch has launched ExtraCrunch, HuffPost has a premium version. We all also had the old AOL subscription business, which are now changed to more member services business. So that's definitely accelerated and there is more coming in there. We launched Yahoo Mobile recently, which is literally on the Verizon uh, 4G network, building a plan on top of it with the Yahoo ecosystem. So that accelerated for sure. Same on the commerce side, right? If you think about content, the way I think about Yahoo and the relevance of us, I always think about our content being we are in the inspiration business. We create the top of the funnel, if you will, let that be ads or let that be you know content that helps you go create purchase intent. You could be buying travel. You're not doing that right now. You could be buying fashion. You could be buying lifestyle elements. That we've seen, you know, more than fairly significant. I would say sixty percent of our content has commercial intent when we look at it. And but Wait, did you say six sixty percent? Six zero. Yeah. But we've not we've not we've not done much with it. Right. We've how really, do you how can I just unpack sure. that a little bit? Yeah. Like, how do you define commercial? Because I mean, you know this from Overture, right? Yeah. Like uh, that commercial intent is the most valuable signal mm-hmm. possible. And the challenge that publishers, um, again, air quotes, have been having throughout the internet is that competing with tech companies, particularly like Google, um, they have a lot more commercial intent than someone landing on a Huffington Post news story webpage. Yes. So the way I would explain it, and this is where I'd go back to Overture and Search Suite, that, that there's a beauty of us having a little bit of that search background on Yahoo Search is still, you know, with Bing, we are definitely driving a lot of traffic there as well. Is really using a lot of the taxonomy and structure. When we do our content, we know uh, when we categorize content editorially or what we syndicate from third parties, we, we categorize them into, hey, these kind of articles in these categories have commercial intent. And these don't. Like you talk about pure coronavirus news, it is not uh, meant to have commercial intent. But if you talk about lifestyle, you talk about fashion, you go into, let's take Engadget and TechCrunch, right? There's quite a bit we write about, you know, new gadgets, new devices that come out. They have very, very heavy commercial intent when people are reading that. That's how we measure at the categorical level. And then now, of course, we've integrated affiliate commerce a little bit, but then we're also working through much deeper. Now, on email, which is a little bit different, right? People have uh, given us permission or given us access saying, hey, I'm signing up for these discount coupons or I've got this uh, newsletter with offers that's coming in. That shows that you have interest group. I mean, even think about email marketing in the old way. But if mm-hmm. you take all of that, now if you're in our ecosystem in a locked in way and you've consented to understanding a lot of that, that really gives you more signal to saying, okay, you have interest around XYZ product that you signed up for, and you're also reading a content in the ecosystem, this is where, even though we are, call it a aggregate of multiple media assets, in the back end, we are connecting all the signals in one way, right? This is an all premise then on accessing Verizon data. It doesn't, right? It doesn't have anything to do Because that was originally, I believe, like the big sort of sell on, on this was that, look, and this was pre-GDPR, I believe. Yeah. Uh, we're going to have access to data sets that, that Google doesn't or Facebook doesn't. And that's you know basically um, Verizon's my provider for cell phone. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of information, obviously, that, that, that they have that others don't. Yeah. This is very clear line. I think one of the key calls, Hans, uh, Verizon CEO, and you know I made, this is almost 18 months back now, is a clear delineation that we... Trust and innovation is at core pillars of Verizon. And part of the trust is we are not going to do that privacy that comes with mm-hmm. Verizon's data. 
we're not going to use that or do anything with that. So it doesn't have anything to do. We actually don't do anything on the Verizon side of the data. This is all yeah. within the Yahoo ecosystem, the the content ecosystem that we have across AOL and all of that, bringing that together. There is enough signals. I mean, again, think about it, right? You're talking about, again, 900 million monthly active users. Uh, across these ecosystem that you bring in and people coming in, in many cases, consuming content at a much bigger daily basis, right? So that's the signal. That's it's, That itself is massively valuable. So on, on the Verizon level, are, are there discussions like, why do we even have these assets? No. Like, wh- where does it strategically fit? Explain to me within the, the Verizon, um, I mean, there's Verizon's a gigantic company. So sure. why, why even... Why even have these like content assets? So if you think about Verizon, the core has been, you know, the, the, the purpose that we've laid out is saying we create networks that move the world forward. Networks could be physical, uh, non-physical networks. You know, today we talk about mobile networks, but also what we're creating in Yahoo Fantasy Sports or Yahoo Finance or Mail or the advertiser network that we're creating. So three big core business pillars for Verizon is one is the consumer group. The other is the business group that works with a lot of enterprises. And then the third one is the media group. That's what I'm I'm representing here today. And when you think about media group, the key, key purpose we've said, how it fits into Verizon, is we are in the business of creating over-the-top content, right? Which is not linear content. We've clearly said that we're not going to go into linear scripted content. But when you think about key verticals like finance, sports, news, entertainment, we're going to do that. And on the business side, the other thing is we deal with all these advertisers on the business capacity, at least at the infrastructure level. So when you think about our ad platforms as an example, there's quite a bit of synergy. Actually, we've been doing it last two years, going to a lot of these customers together saying, hey, when you think about DSP as an example, really bringing these customers together. So in many ways, when you think about Verizon Synergy, this is the future when you think about digitization and content consumption. Mm-hmm. Not linear, but what we're creating. Yeah. And some of these core so- assets fit into that. Right. So there is like, you know, within the strategy, and it's been 18 months now, so I assume not, there isn't a thought of like slimming down the portfolio for, for assets that don't, um, that f- don't fit. I mean, I know there was the report, rumor, whatever you want to call it, about Huffington Post being for sale. Um, you know, with the talk about being closer to transactions, you could easily make the case that some, some content assets might not fit. Uh, the way I would say it, we have made decisions, right? Tumblr was a great example. We yeah. exited Tumblr last year. We've done many shutdowns of markets that didn't matter internationally or uh, exiting certain products. We've done that. We've come to a focus saying, look, at core, the mission is aligned for the Verizon Media Group. Our mission is to connect people to their passions. And we have three pillars, trusted content, connections, and commerce. And we're focused on all of that. And that's the future of the growth in terms of how we're investing. So... I think the clarity is we have good strategy now. We've gotten rid of things. We've integrated all the ad ad platforms that we had, many of them, into very you know DSP side at least very clear. And then on the content side, we've gotten rid of things that we didn't we knew that didn't fit into the strategy, but focused on some of these key verticals. And in fact, it's actually helping us a lot. Again, coming back to the situation we are in, actually the trust that Verizon has, and we don't do any social content, so we only have trusted content from our own sources and external sources, again, creates that network uh, uh, trust with the consumers. So net of it is it fits into the strategy. And I think now the focus has been how this grows in the digitization world. Because if you can think about coming back to COVID, we've not talked about it much, is really 
is, we got to give people a break. At some point <laughs> that's good. But we can talk that's about good. it for the last like no, 10 no, minutes. That's good. But, but I think what it's created is a lot of these new opportunities, right? You think about people relying on uh, content properties in Yahoo in many ways that, hey, this is the time I'm relying on not just trusted content. We just launched Yahoo Life a couple of weeks back, which is really focused on mental health physical health and emotional well-being. And that's around, you know, from meditation to parenting to all of that. A lot of that fits into, and these are all curated, well-thought-out content we're doing with many, many partners. Then you can start seeing, eventually we're going into saying, okay, you might have a meditation integration. You might have workout integration into it. So suddenly going into the transactional world where you can start not just have content, but now I'm taking content and connecting to saying, oh, you read about something, you may want to do a session a meditation mm-hmm. session. I'm bringing that entire closed loop ecosystem in the same world. Now, take that one step further. Why Verizon matters? Yahoo Mobile is a great example, right? We bought best of both worlds saying Yahoo, uh, Verizon network is best. It's a network as a service. We bring in the Yahoo distribution in a way, at least in the US and the Yahoo core assets, people who love the product. Can you bring that together and launch a product that goes in? Now, we've gone further on strategy. We've launched sports betting. We launched last late last year. Right. Think about a plan where eventually when everything becomes normal, you're going to have a mobile phone for a financial user, Yahoo finance user who's really focused on getting Mm -hmm. the finance premium product or a sports user. who's a deep fan. We create a mobile plan around that. So that's where this thing starts fitting in, because in the end, content and these use cases and mobility start coming together, at least at this vertical level. So what is the division? I don't know if you'll answer this, but uh, between ads, uh, transactions and subscriptions now and then what what do you see it being in, in say, three years? Well, I mean, we've not disclosed numbers on it. <laughs> but you could three, now. What better but, time? But, no, no, no. but what I'll say is, what I'll say is, uh, strategically, you should see that ads and commerce, they blend. Because if you think about an ad, right? When you yeah. show a display ad, I mean, or, we make a division, but like, you know, it's not right. I mean, in the end, if I'm putting an ad for a phone, I mean, the intent is you want somebody to buy that device, okay? Most of the time, performance wise, right? That's a commercial intent. In the end, that's what the advertiser wants. Yeah. Most ads, you know, today in the ecosystem, you don't do that. You have Google and Amazon, and some of us, we are getting there. But the idea, that's why I think the ad system and commerce, they start blending in. I've seen this in China for sure, right? They really, yeah. really blended in into one ecosystem. So I think But it, I'll just say this. It is very different than what we were hearing in a different era from Marissa Mayer, which was talking about Vogue and Glossy Magazines, yes. which is true brand advertising. Um, and brand and direct response always blends. People, mm-hmm. ad buyers will say it's brand, then they'll ask what the click-through yes. rate is. So yes. that's all known. Every one of them, right? So, so I think the, the 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 strategy view is it's going to blend. We know that subscription is something we've seen recently uptake quite a bit. Given we launched Yahoo Mobile, we also started testing Yahoo Finance Premium, uh, the HuffPost Plus, TechCrunch, ExtraCrunch. We've seen that do well, and and these times we're seeing that even do better because you're getting much richer. When people are caring about the financial market and their portfolio and all of that, and they want deeper research, and we've gone deeper into it. So it's hard. I mean, I, I don't want to, I'm, I'm not going to give a guidance on where we see yeah. that split to be, but I think what, what I'll tell you is all three will be key, key pillars, right? The ad market is not going away, right? Mm-hmm. It might, it might slow a little bit on decline in terms of declining a little bit, but then eventually more offline moves to digital. You've seen that in past downturns, right? Take 2008 downturn. What happened? Programmatic world became much bigger post that, right? Yeah. A lot more things went 
online and digital. So that's the same thing that will happen whenever normal the GDP comes back and things become normal. You will see digital world getting better and the ad platforms getting stronger as well. But do you think like sort of in when we get to the other side of this eventually that, you know, at least with your assets and, and more, it'll be more about driving transactions to some degree. Yes. I mean, because what you're, I understand the melding and stuff, but yeah. when you talk about like, even like Yahoo, let's take Yahoo Sports. Yeah. Um, gambling is coming. Yes. It's not just going to be New Jersey. It's yeah, going to yeah. be everywhere. Yeah. It's, 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 and we it's are, out there. And we are in three states already on gambling today, right? Yeah. So, uh, legalized sports betting. So that's, that's right. You're exactly right. You will see much more leaning towards transaction because a, it removes friction for consumers. What I don't want to be doing is create all this inspiration. You can come and consume content. Then you're going to another platform to go buy something while I did the 80% mm -hmm. work yeah. on creating that inspiration. Wow. And I don't keep any of the economics there in a way, right? That's at least my view. That, that, that's the publishing world that's been complaining about, <laughs> about Google for the last 20 years yes. is, is that you know they're creating all the demand and Google harvested and say, hey, we yeah. did all the work. And it's like, wait a second. Someone just clicked search for Best Buy flat screen TV and clicked on the top link. Yes. Uh, so, but whatever. <laughs> but but I think I think you're right. Which is the closing the loop is what I, I the way I put it. Which is people will we want to remove that friction and put it in there, and that's where the economics are as well. So you take the same advertisers, but much go much deeper, and in some ways go transactional. As as you said on betting, that's a big strategy because we are the most engaged fantasy sports users today, right? And if I'm not giving them that next click because they have that intent and they're going to go to some other player, I know I'm not, A, I'm not defending my platform. Two, I'm not taking the opportunity of closing, having that consumer be there. Now, if you take one step deeper, we would say you're buying sporting event tickets whenever that gets comes back to normal. You're buying jerseys or merchandise. Anything sports, you want to start thinking that you're in Yahoo Sports and that's the ecosystem that gets you that, Right. Yeah. So final thing, because we're running out, the, yeah. we're down to our last few minutes, is um, talk to me a little bit about managing and leading um, through this. Um, you know, you're you're in the West Village, you've got people all over the place yeah. um, and uh, uh, mostly at, at home, I assume. Um, explain the challenges of keeping people's, we're in, I, I joked in the intro that it's, it's week seven, day four um, of this, at least uh, being outside of the office for us. Um, Explain how you keep people um, focused and yeah. and their spirits up, frankly, when there isn't, at this point, a light at the end of the tunnel. Sure. Look, first and foremost, I think basic leadership philosophy for us at Verizon, we've done is transparency. And what I mean by transparency is a lot of communication. So we are doing right now, I've been doing it for weeks. I just moved to, we were doing everyday Q&A with employees, 30 minutes. Um, and uh, most of them tuned in. Now we do three days a week <clears throat> Q&A with them. I, I always used to do weekly email and connection, but we've improved, we've increased so many things in terms of, because people have so many questions. Uh, my, my healthcare stuff. How do I manage this at home? Do I have flexibility and, you know, mental health issues? And we've become so flexible around first and foremost, the goal around this is the philosophy you've taken is first and foremost, take care of yourself and your family. Nothing more matters than what you need to do there. I don't want you to worry about work and all of that. That's secondary because you need to take care of yourself and the society connected to that. Second is our business sustainability and how we move from there. So what we've done for that is biggest thing is transparency and communicating. That means me and my leadership team meet every day, essentially. 
me and Hans and the Verizon Leadership Committee, we meet every day. We are thinking 10 steps ahead on multiple scenarios saying, hey, what's the best case, worst case, base case, thinking through that. Of course, we don't talk through all of that, but at least you are ready. You're already thinking about the worst case or the best case, what would happen. So that's all of that. So a lot of focus is on employee management and helping them understand what would coming to work would mean at some point, right? Setting that expectation. And then part of that, we have a massive culture force. Like many companies, I think everybody's doing that on for us on on Google Hangout or uh, WebEx or now BlueJeans that we recently acquired, like really using that for a lot of cultural events. There are workout events, happy hours, and you know, like everybody's doing that. But we are definitely adding that flavor to make sure almost getting people to the mindset that this is BAU. You have to get to that. You have to train your mind to saying this is BAU. Otherwise, you are going to go into a zone of always thinking negative is Think about what positives we can have. Look, we are lucky right now. I feel bad for many industries and sectors who are suffering heavily. But at the same time, this has given us an opportunity to think aggressively, execute aggressively. So that's what we are thinking about and moving through it. And look, the good news is humanity is all bad things also pass and, and will come back to normalcy. The key is preparing for that, going through that. Okay, Guru, thank you so much for joining us. Um, really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Brian, for having me. It was really fun. And thank you all for listening. We will be back next week with a new episode.